This call is being recorded. Welcome to the 3ND Podcast. My name is Sean Coleman, and I am joined by uh, uh, co-host uh, Justin Lewis. Um, obviously, uh, this is a, a new era in the 3ND Podcast. Uh, uh, former hosts, uh, uh, Mark King and uh, Connor uh, Dunning, they uh, both have uh, moved on to uh, new opportunities. Uh, you can catch both of them um, on their new podcast. Uh, Mark, for instance, uh, does the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. You can follow him at King underscore producer. But uh, uh, what a great time to, to get this podcast started back going, um, you know, with a very exciting time for the Grizzlies. And uh, we're going to just start off today by introducing ourselves and then jump right into some content and uh, really get going because uh, there's plenty to talk about. Um, but I'll first uh, hand it over to Justin Lewis, um, our co-host. This is really the first time that we've really talked. But, Justin, uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, glad to be on here with you. Um, I am one of the uh, writers at Grizzly Gray Blues with uh, with Sean, and got um, started with that by uh, Parker Fleming and, and Nate Chester over at Bill Street Bears and, and made that move. And uh, I've worked with the Grizzlies radio broadcast as a as an audio uh, coordinator, uh, chopping up some highlights. I've uh, been a Grizzlies fan since they were playing in the Pyramid. I'm uh, just excited to be able to uh, explore the, the podcast world, jumping into uh, Grizzlies basketball. Are you from Memphis yourself, Justin? Born and raised. Cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm a West Tennessean myself. I was uh, uh, born and raised up in Martin, Tennessee, and uh, I've been in Memphis okay. now for, yeah, I've been in Memphis now for uh, about a decade. And, and I got with the uh, Grizzly Bear Blues. Um, uh, through through uh, knowing Mark King, I've worked with Mark on various projects before and things such as that. And so, uh, uh Mark's uh, the uh, an editor over over at the blog. And uh, you know, I can tell you this: if you, if you're in the same group as Parker and Nathan, that says a lot. And uh, you know, I'd, I've read a lot a lot of your work. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that later on in the show. But uh, you got some great content, man. And, and that's why I'm excited to work with you. It's just uh, it's always good to work with with good sources of knowledge. And it definitely seems that's the case when it comes to you. Um, I'm, I'm from Martin, Tennessee, born and raised there. That's about two hours north of here. Came to Memphis about 10 years ago. Love the Grizzlies ever since they've been in Memphis. Um, I think me and Justin also share another common team, the Atlanta Braves. We may explore them yes. a little bit as baseball season gets here. But uh, but uh, in general, just uh, it's the love for the Grizzlies. It's the reason why we're here. And, and you know, there's a lot to talk about right now. Um, obviously, it's crazy. You know, the, the NBA is always there to grab headlines, even when the biggest sporting event in the nation, in the world, is about to happen probably in, in less than two days. But in general, uh, you know, yesterday, you know, just getting on it for a minute, obviously, yesterday's news of Christophe Porzingis and Dennis Smith Jr. and um, the Knicks and the Mavericks had hit close to home. And, you know, it, it's the Mavericks making a move just and a lot of common sense there. You know, I've heard um, Nash and Dirt 2.0, the European Connection, all that. You know, but as a Grizzlies fan, <laughs> it, it was unexpected and it was not fun to see. Because if you got to deal with the Luka um, Christophe Porzingis combo for another decade, um, it, it's going to be something tough to overcome. What I mean, what did you think about it yesterday, Justin? Man, I was I, I was floored. Um... It's it's just like the the Mavericks had just as little assets as we did, and they were able to rob the Knicks of a superstar. Um, my hope and and my fingers are crossed that he signs this qualifying offer and doesn't like it in Dallas, wants to go somewhere else because I do not want to deal with Luca 
increase stops for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's so Mark Cuban. It, it, that, that, that's, that's what it is. I mean, the guy, yeah. he, he has Luca for a month and he says that he wants kids to train in Slovenia now instead of the U.S. I mean, you know, take it for what it is. <laughs> but I agree with you completely. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is that the reason why I think that it's, you know, it, it, floored is a good word. You know, nobody expected it. But also, you bring up a great point. You're just like, okay, Luca is in Dallas. We've got Jaron Jackson Jr. We're not that far off in terms of a future. And then all of a sudden, boom, Dallas is just now light years ahead, it seems. And, and that's why it is so important for the Grizzlies at this point in time to get it right when it comes to the moves that, you know, obviously are going to come. But uh, we're going to get to the trades in a second, um, the trade potential of Mark and Mike and some other folks. But one thing that we want to point out where me and Justin kind of uh, have uh, hinted at things here recently is uh, is basically uh, the future of the Grizzlies roster beyond Jaron and beyond these trades. And, and it starts with Javon Carter and Ivan Rabb. And, and over at Grizzly Bear Blues, um, Justin has kind of taken the reins as, as being the guy to talk about Carter. I recently um, wrote a few pieces about Rabb. But we've seen playing time for both of them. We've seen the Grizzlies embrace giving them an opportunity. Justin, when you see Carter, when you focus on him, you brought up before it was really being talked about, he needs to play over Shelvin. He's going him playing itself is more valuable than Shelvin. What do you think about the Grizzlies' approach with it? How has he performed? And you know, what are you hoping to see from him as the season progresses? What I want to see from him as the season progresses is just to be on the floor. Um, the, the season's <laughs> lost. Um, we're not making the playoffs. Uh, so we need to see if, if Carter is a guy that, uh, we, we want as a backup point guard for the future, or if he's somebody that we, you know, might want to package in a deal this summer to, to do whatever we want to do, but you can't know what you got if you're not going to put him on the floor and, and, and let him play. And I would. It would be one thing if we had um, a backup point guard that was even halfway serviceable in front of him, but we don't. Shevin Mack is is hot garbage on the basketball floor, and there's zero reason in a lost season why he is still getting minutes over Javon Carter. It just it's it is completely mind blowing that we're still talking about this right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my my reasons for promoting the idea of Rab are, are in the same context. Now, Rab, it's a little bit dicier for Rab just because of the availability of minutes. I mean, the future of our franchise plays the exact same position as he does. You've got Mark and you've got Jamichael Green, so it's understandable that that you know Rab probably was not as available. It, it, you had more reason not to play Rab than you had Carter. Um, but I agree completely. We're to the point now to where you have the season is lost. The future, what you do now, should be based on decisions about the future than the present. And that's why I wrote what I wrote about Ivan Rab here recently was that he has a skill set that could be extremely valuable going forward for the Grizzlies. If you you know, as I mentioned, Jaron Jackson his two biggest weaknesses are fouling and rebounds. Ivan Rab's biggest strength is rebounding. He is, I don't know if he's an elite rebounder, but he's an above average rebounder, all metrics suggested. And if there's any team right now that needs rebounding, it's the Grizzlies. 
So if you're going to construct a roster going forward around Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't know if Rab is the starting four beside him. I, I don't. I, I would. I, my gut tells me Ivan Rab's ceiling is as a high energy reserve. But even if he's not playing against Jaron, you still need those rebounding sources. And you can tell when Rab is in there, it's unbelievable. But two times that he's played above 15 minutes, he's gotten a double double. And the Grizzlies have been put in a position to win. He was playing overtime the other night. So I, I think we're on the same page. I think that we both think there are you have no other reason but to see what you have. And and I think that that's yeah. the case with both with both with both of them. You're you're right that it's tougher with Rab because of uh, the the people that are ahead of him. But when when both of these guys get on the court, they bring a different energy. Uh, than some of our older guys do, and they just produce. Now, Javon's not he's, – he's shooting 26% on the year from the field, shooting uh, 24% from three, but the shot's going to come. It, it always does. It's it just they bring something different to the floor with their hustle and their energy, and, and that's what we need with this team. And I, I don't know why it's not happening. And when I look at when I look at Javon Carter, you know, when he was drafted, I, I, I completely agreed with the fact that there were other players who probably had higher ceilings. But there's value in getting a guy in the second round who has a clear asset that is elite. I think Javon Carter has a lot of skill set, a lot of the same skill set that Tony Allen has. The one detriment to that is Javon Carter is in a six foot tall body instead of Tony Allen, who was, was much bigger, you know, typically at least 6'6", 6'7", 225. So not saying that Carter can't carve out an NBA career. It's just that he's going to have to overcome the height with also the physical limitations. But, again, it comes back to just getting the opportunity. And the Grizzlies do yep. need energy. The slow pace, I mean, it's great, but you've got to develop it. And, you know, I really think the other thing is is that going forward, as we head to the future, You've got to really focus on where you're going to get production from. And these are cost-controlled assets for a few years because they were second-round picks. If you can get production from them, that allows for you to be able to take your money and spend it elsewhere, and you're getting good value from unexpected sources. I think that's the way that you're going to be able to get this rebuild started and started effectively. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, – I'm not trying to compare either one of these guys to the impact that Draymond has. The Draymond was a second-round pick. And he was an unexpected source of production, which allowed them to to pay these other guys around Draymond, and the Warriors took off to be what they are. Um, but as, as we move towards the future, it's it needs to be an arms race for the post Warriors NBA, which is coming because next year Clay Thompson and, and Kevin Durant are both going to be free agents, and I don't know if either one of them are going to be on the Warriors, which we're, we're all pretty sure that Durant won't, but I'm not so sure that, that Clay is going to stay. And if that happens, both of them guys are gone, the Warriors are done. And so everybody needs to be positioning for that time period. And it just seems like the Grizzlies are still positioning for the past, and it's, it's just time to let go and, and move on from that. I think that's a perfect segue um, in, in, into, into the next – you know, topic is, you know, we're talking about the future and we're talking about needing to develop what's on um, the roster now, but the Grizzlies have finally come to the point to where they've realized you've exhausted the past. Chris Wallace got it right 10 years ago. He hasn't got much right since. 
And now the success of Mark and Mike and when they were here, Zebo and Tony, Wallace ain't got that blanket of success to hide his flaws anymore. It, it, it's this roster is at a transition point, and it's the right time. I, I'll go on record of saying right now, I'm ready for Mark and Mike to move on because I'm ready for the Grizzlies to move on. I don't like it. I don't think anybody does. I love Mark and Mike as much as the next person. But for the best opportunity for the Grizzlies to be able to move forward, they've got to act now. They've got to act quickly because in a small market, they just don't have a lot of room for error. But um, what it comes down to is that both of those guys are on the market, and there's a lot of moving factors, a, a lot of different things that you know impact what makes sense as far as destinations for them, returns and things like that. You know, you can go anywhere and get ideas of returns for these guys, but really want to focus on you know destinations, what destinations make sense. And Justin, me and you were talking a little bit before we got started. You know, just some, you know, different ideas for where Mark and Mike can make sense and kind of want to give you the opportunity. I know that you've done some some looking into to Mike. You know, what do you think makes sense? Where could he go? Um, what's in that general idea of what you're looking for him in return? And, and what do you think eventually happens, you know, um, eight days in the future? Yeah, so, uh, of course, we've had that news today come out. Uh, that from Mark Stein that the the Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz have been in some conversation about uh, swapping uh, Mike Conley and Ricky Rubio and of course there had to be some other pieces in there for contracts uh, to to line up. Um, I think Utah is, makes perfect sense for Mike Conley. Um, Donovan Mitchell is not going to lead this team on his own uh, to a championship or to contend for one. Um, he needs somebody alongside him that's a little more talented than Ricky Rubio and. Um, it's a it's a low key overlooked place, and that's what Mike's used to. And it just seems like a perfect fit and marriage for Mike. So you could send Mike and uh, maybe like a Garrett Temple or Jamichael Green to um, Utah, and in return you get Rubio uh, and, and favors and a first round pick, or you can go and get Dante Exum thrown in there, which I, which is we're hearing is what the Grizzlies want is Dante Exum in a, in a first round pick, uh, and favors his contract would have to to be in there as well and. That's not a bad contract to take because it's it's not fully guaranteed or it's not guaranteed at all for next season. And so that can be something that use, is used as trade bait as well uh, for us to flip. So that Utah is one place. Uh, another place that I think makes sense uh, for Mike could be Indiana with the, the loss of uh, Oladipo. They are spiraling right now without Depot. Um, and they've got some contracts that they could piece together um, that they could send over to us uh, like Doug McDermott. Uh, and Thaddeus Young, you can send over. Uh, of course, we'd want a pick or two out of that because nobody really wants those two players in return for Mike. But they need that help um, in the backcourt. Uh, he can line up alongside uh, Collinson and, and help them. Uh, in the East, and another Eastern team that's kind of at the bottom of the playoff picture um, is, is the Detroit Pistons. It's rumored that they're trying to move Drummond, and it's rumored that, that Griffin wants out. Um, I don't know if we would really want either one of those two guys with uh, Jaron Jackson being our future. Uh, but look out for Phoenix and Orlando um, as well as they may position themselves for next season. Uh, they, they are two teams that desperately need a point guard. Uh, and so they, they could come into play. Uh, there's not a lot of chatter around the two of them, but I think those two, those two teams make sense as well. Folks, this is why the man's good at what he does. Uh, Justin's wrote about Carter. He's wrote about Garrett Temple. He's wrote about lineups. Um, uh, he's been recognized by SB Nation. I, I 
couldn't agree more. You were spot on. Um, it, 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 you know, I, I I had some ideas in my head, um, it, it, but I, I agree completely. Um, and it, the, the thing, but I think you bring up a point though when discussing comparing Mike and Mark is that when it comes to Conley, it's he has more fits in my opinion. Um, the reason yeah. why is because he's the better player. Um, he's more secured in terms of you get him for a few years. Um, a veteran point guard who play who who, who plays above average can still take over a game at times if needed that's a rare find and he's just a great fit into any locker room so that's not a slight on mike or mark that's just how awesome mike is so i agree and and as we as you mentioned it looks like that utah i've always thought utah made the most sense so i'm hoping for mike utah makes sense and i'm thinking that that you know there's a good chance that could go through um for Mark, it, 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 I, there are obvious fits. Um, I, I think with Mark and, and with his contract scenario, as we know, he's got the $25 million player option for next year. You're just you're more limited than Mike, like I mentioned, on where Mark fits. Um, three places come to mind, uh, Charlotte, Portland, and San Antonio. Uh, I don't really – I think that the Pistons could make sense um, if um, – if they decide to go for it. Um, it, it. But I really think, kind of like you said, their tradable assets are their bigs. Do the Grizzlies really want to take on another big commitment to a big in exchange for Mark? The problem is the Grizzlies really don't have much of a choice. The reason why San Antonio and Charlotte, I think, are the two places that make the most sense is because what you want in return for Mark is you, you're probably going to have to take on another bad contract. You're wanting to probably take on a disappointing young player and maybe a first-round pick. I don't know if Mark gets you all that. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, potentially Biombo uh, or Batum plus Monk plus a first from Charlotte, uh, from San Antonio, maybe taking on his brother, uh, Bryn Forbes, and a first makes some sense. But I think that those destinations, to me, beyond how they line up, you know, in terms of finances and in terms of common sense with how Mark is valued right now, I think the fit, I think that's where Mark fits the best. Um, on those rosters, Mark would be able to do more with less. He wouldn't have to play as much, so he'd stay fresher. All three of those teams obviously have shooters to where Mark would be able to be a access point that they can get the ball to and find open looks for their shooters. And also, both of the, all three of those teams are young teams. Um, you know, San Antonio may be a little bit older, but they've got good coaches who could use Mark effectively and I think would make the most of Mark to where he's no longer in a role where he has to carry you. He can be a compliment, which is where I think Mark is. But in terms of the Grizzlies getting back a return that makes sense, in terms of it makes sense for these teams to make a move for Mark, and in terms of the financial aspect of things, I think um, Charlotte and San Antonio, and to a lesser extent, Portland. I think I would love for Mark to go to Portland because I think that they have the highest ceiling when you add Mark to them the, of those three teams. But I think Charlotte and San Antonio make the most sense. I mean, do you have any thoughts about Mark, Justin, about where you think he might wind up? Yeah, I, I think an interesting team to, to pay attention to in the Mark sweepstakes would be Sacramento. Um, they've got they've got some bad contracts that are expiring that they could definitely send our way um, with a with a young player. I don't know if you're able, you're going to be able to get um, 
uh, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, you may be able to get your hands on a, on a Willie Cauley sign uh, and a pick, but I, I think that he would be a good fit there as a, as a big that can spread the floor because none of the bigs really can. Uh, they can send us back Zebo, let him retire the Grizz if you want to do that. But I think, you know, Jaeger was one of the first coaches to come in and kind of get a push for the team to, to speed up here in Memphis. And I think Jaeger would fall in love with a three-point shoot in Mark Gasol, and he could play alongside, you know, Buddy and, and De'Aaron Fox. And I think that could be uh, an interesting fit for uh, a team that is, is trying to push their way back into the playoffs. Yeah, Sacramento is a very good, very good point. I, I think they make some sense, um, especially with Jaeger. Uh, Justin Jackson is a player. He's an interesting player. I think he's the type of player that you know is intriguing enough to possibly get with a pick. You know, I'd obviously yep. love Harry Giles, but that ain't gonna happen. Um, and it shouldn't happen. You know, Sacramento. That that's the Collie Stein and Jackson. I think are much more likely um, than the Bogdanovich and, and uh, Harry Giles. So, so, so that makes. That makes perfect sense. And, and Justin, the other thing that I'll ask is this, is that, you know, as I mentioned in general, you know, it, it, it's time uh, to move on. And, and But the thing that I'll say is this, is that it's not just getting these moves right. I mean, you're kind of limited. You're not going to make any franchise-altering move here, in my opinion, in terms of the return you're going to get. We already know what direction you're going once you trade off these assets. But I think that beyond this point, and even more important point is making sure that from this point on, you get right the decision maker. It shouldn't be Para. It's definitely not Wallace. Para needs to find the right decision maker to make. And I think that that is, is the biggest thing I'm looking out for and looking forward to and hoping that we get right. You know, beyond these trades and knowing the direction that we're going, what matters most to you? For the Grizzlies to get right the rest of the season, besides developing our own players, what matters most to you um, in terms of of setting the right basis for the future? Yeah, I think um, it, it's time uh, for Wallace to go. I think uh, Bickerstaff should go with him. Um, you know, we we haven't hired. I said this on the Core Four podcast with Parker. Uh, we have not hired a head coach with head coaching experience since Mike Fratello. Um, and and we need to to bring somebody in with some experience. Uh, it's going to be tough though because our front office doesn't have a lot of stability. But I I think we need a clean house just completely in the front office, except for for Tayshon. Uh, I think it I think he should take over as our GM. Um, and you know maybe give Stackhouse a look as a coach, but still I think I'd rather have somebody with some some head coaching experience. And there's some of those guys that are out there. Um. I like the idea. I know we're going to talk about it, but I like the idea of going ahead and conveying the pick if we can, um, because that 2021 draft is going to be um, huge with the rule of high school uh, players able to come out. Uh, so I, I just think it's time to clean house in the front office. Uh, I don't necessarily think we need to tank, um, but if you know, I don't even think we're tanking right now. I think we're just not a good basketball team, and I think it comes down to the coaching, uh, honestly. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I agree. If, if, if folks are wanting to turn into this podcast to get some debate, that may happen in time, but it's pretty cool to see that we're on the same wavelength in terms of thoughts. I, uh, <laughs> I like the idea. I, I like the idea of what you bring up about Tayshawn. I think that you have to have, it, it's important to have a relationship. That's one thing I'll give Bickerstaff credit for. He has good 
relationships. Fisdale had good relationships. I'm not going to get into all that. But the thing that I'm saying is, is that, and as I've stated in tweets and our conversations and chat conversations and articles, things like that, Bickerstaff adds no value in schematically. You have to, in Memphis in a small market, you have to have a coach who himself can add value. He can give you that extra it that you need, that extra advantage to be able to have a chance against better talent. And Memphis is going to need that. And I think that you're right. Experience is what matters. But your opportunity in the front office needs to be a group effort. And I love the idea of Tayshawn. I think Tayshawn, I think Tayshawn is very similar to Joe Dumars in, in um, um, Denver. They come from the same background, obviously, but just a smart player, a player that a lot of people liked. And I think that you also need to include with Tayshawn someone who gets basketball, who can work the numbers, who knows analytics, things such as that. I think it needs to be a group effort. And I don't know if Tayshawn is ultimately the guy that I would want to make the final decisions on things, but I definitely would want him to have a significant voice. I think that that's, that, that's, a, that's a very good point. And with the future being in mind, you know, we talked about the trade deadline. We talked about the leadership and all that. Um, you said it yourself. The third thing that we were going to talk about was the pick, you know, the upcoming draft. Um, when I was doing the um, Twitter for the Timberwolves game the other night, someone asked on Twitter about it. And, you know, just the best way that I can put it is this, is that when we say convey the pick, what we mean is, is that when the Grizzlies traded for Jeff Green, I believe it was 2014, 2015, they traded a first round pick that had some protections on it with Boston. In 2019, if the Grizzlies do not get a pick in the top eight, that pick goes to Boston. If we do get a pick in the top eight in 2019, in 2020, if that pick does not land in the top six, it goes to Boston. So in 2020, if we pick in the top six, that means Boston has still not got the pick. So that means in 2021, Boston gets the pick no matter what. And that's a very strong likelihood if the Grizzlies do not, when we say convey the pick, we mean if they do not satisfy getting that pick to Boston this year, next year there's a very good chance that we are going to um, be a bad enough team to where a top six pick is likely. And just as Justin Mm -hmm. said, that 2021 pick becomes that more valuable and it's gone to Boston. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, so if if we're we're so focused on training Mike and Mark right now, um, we're not going to have them next year, and we're we're building around a 19 year old kid. Uh, you're picking in the top six next year, uh, so that pick's going to Boston in 2021 if you're not getting rid of it this year, and you you want to get rid of it this year because this draft, if you're not if you're not in the top three, you're not you're probably not getting somebody that's going to change your franchise. Um, there's some more players that are starting to show up, like a John Morant from Murray State. Um, but if you're not getting one of the Duke boys, uh, you don't want to be in the top three, or you don't want to be in, you know, below the top three. Uh, so we just want to get rid of that pick because we're not we're not getting our our to the bottom three record. I mean, look at the other teams: the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavs, the the Hawks, the the Suns. We already have more wins now than they'll probably end up with the rest of the season, and we're not going to lose every game the rest of the season. Uh, so we need to get rid of it now if we can, win enough games to where the lottery doesn't put us in the top eight, get rid of it, and then we just start fresh in 2019 with with our picks and and go from there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, the reason why I'm at a loss for words right now is because it is a reality. It, 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 it's a reality that this team is not worse than last year. I, I that That's easy to say. But can you make an argument that this year is worse than last year? I think you can, especially right now. Yeah. Be, because yep. last year, you at least were losing for a reason. You had the hope of looking at – of looking forward to something, to getting a top pick in a very talented draft. This year, you can't even play good enough to guarantee you'll pick outside the top eight in a much lower talented draft. So now you're looking at the fact that if you that losing also is disappointing because you don't have something. I mean, yeah, you have a pick to look forward to, but it's it's not the best overall opportunity for your team. And it's especially true for the Grizzlies because the Knicks traded Kristaps to get salary cap room so they could attract free agents. I understand New York's history in doing that, but they're New York. (laughs) Memphis is not New York. Memphis has never had the track record of getting free agents here. So you've got to build through the draft. And that's getting picks in talented drafts. And losing that in 2020 or 2021, it's not what is best for Memphis in terms of luck, I think. No, I agree. I mean, you've got some talented guys coming in the 2020, uh, 2020 and 2021 draft. And um, we're just, there's just no way we're going to get to who we want in this draft. And uh, it'd just be nice to get this uh, pick conveyed, get it behind us and begin our rebuild or whatever we want to call it. Uh, our retooling, however they want to word it. Uh, hopefully we can have some type of uh, rebuild or retool that Indiana had shipping off uh, Paul George where it's a, a quick turnaround. But, um, I mean, we, we say that we don't expect a franchise-altering move, but who would have thought that Dallas could turn DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews into uh, Christoph Porzingis and Timothy Hardaway Jr.? So maybe there's something out there for us. Um, but I think right now we need to win enough games to stay out of the top eight, move on from Mike and Mark, and put our focus on Jaron. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, you, you bring up a very good point. Um, and, and it's, it's got, just got to take some common sense. I, w- I would love to see it happen, but, it, but it's got to take some common sense. Uh, just wrapping up, you know, our, our first show, um, you know, beyond Mike and Mark, there are some, you know, very attractive uh, I won't say very attractive, but there are some attractive trade pieces the Grizzlies have as well. You know, obviously the 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 most attractive uh, free game report that we see now is knee soreness. We've uh, our soreness in general. We've seen it with Temple. We've seen it with uh, 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 Jim Michael Green, and now we're seeing it with uh, Mike Conley. Um, what are your thoughts on um, Jim Michael Green, Garrett Temple? Do you think that they uh, could return more than just a second-round pick? And do you have an idea of what teams may be interested in them? Yeah, so I, I featured a, a little piece on, on moving these two guys as well. Um, obviously, one of those trades is out because one of them was packaging Garrett and, and Jermichael together to New York to get Timothy Hardaway Jr. Um, so that's obviously out of the picture. You know, Jermichael, um, his raw numbers look great. Um, he, he's a hustle guy. He'll get, he'll get some rebounds. Um, he's doesn't seem to be a winning player, but maybe we can fool some team into uh, loving his raw numbers enough. I, I don't know who would want these two. I know uh, 
you know, the Lakers may be interested in Garrett Temple uh, for his perimeter shooting. Um, I think Jamichael would look good in Philadelphia, uh, a big to continue to stretch the floor for them uh, with Ben Simmons not able to shoot a jump shot. And um, outside of that, you know, they we, we're going to be able to move them to a team that's just trying to clear cap space um, because they're both expiring contracts. So those teams like Sacramento or, or if New York's trying to move another contract uh, that are looking to, to be players in the free agent market this summer, that's, that's just going to be biting on those two guys. Um, I, I was going to say uh, the one thing that I will say about Jamichael is, um, you know, I, along with Temple and Jamichael, I think Justin Holiday probably is another player who may be attractive. Um, you know, me, me and you have talked about that um, in, in, in our group conversations over at Grizzly Bear Blues. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, the seconds that we traded and things like that. You know, regardless of whether or not you think it was a good trade, um, it, it probably has not worked out as um, the Grizzlies had hoped. But he still could be someone you could trade. Not expecting a lot back for these guys, but just no. their – they have a lot to offer in terms of they have more to offer to other teams than they do to Grizzlies. I'd rather have a lottery pick or excuse me, a, a chance, um, a lottery ticket than um, those guys. But I'll say this about Jim Michael. I think that of all the Grizzlies assets to trade, he probably has the most teams that he could go to because any of the 16 teams, any of the 20 team, 20 to 22 teams right now that you can argue have a playoff shot, any of them can use a high-energy guy who can play the stretch four and who can rebound, and 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 that's Jamichael. Uh, you know, Mark King wrote a piece uh, about you know he's he's probably underappreciated. He really is. He's a good player. He's not an elite guy. He probably is a bench reserve for a really good team, and that's where he should be. And he's the type of player that you want to cheer for. So I do think that eventually we will see Jamichael Green traded as well. I could see Garrett staying the whole time. Um, I could see him staying through the season, but I will tell you this. I think that um, there are a lot of teams out there who would like the idea uh, of adding. Well, Justin, as we wrap up, is there anything that you want to add? It's been a pleasure talking with you today. I think that we've covered a lot of stuff here. It's an exciting time. Over the next few weeks, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, but anything you want to wrap us up with today? Uh, Yeah, just uh, go check out uh, Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, You can find me and Sean uh, on there. Uh, check out Grizzly Bear uh, Blues Live as well with uh, Joe Molinax and the Core, the Core 4 podcast with uh, Parker Fleming and Nate Chester. Uh, you're not going to find better Grizzly content uh, than you will over at SB Nation with these with these guys. So uh, y'all, y'all go give them a check out. You can follow them on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Um, and it's been a pleasure uh, doing this with you. Uh, and I look forward to, to talking more Grizzlies with you and also the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Uh, you can follow Justin. Justin, I want to make sure I get this right. J underscore and then the name Timberfake underscore on Twitter. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And then you can also find me, Sean, at Stats, um, um, S-A-C, on uh, Twitter. Um, with me and Justin, uh, you probably will see us get into a few arguments on there every now and then. We're both passionate. But uh, <laughs> we thank you. Uh, we're very excited about this. Uh, this is the you know, pilot um, episode of our tenure here. You know, hopefully it'll be um, a long time together and we'll have plenty to talk about. But, Justin, uh, I look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Looking forward to talking more with you. And uh, next week we'll probably follow up around the same time, looking for Thursday to Saturday weekly episodes on our end, maybe more common, maybe less common, depending on what goes on 
But uh, we'll probably get on and talk again, you know, to give insight to any type of news that may happen. Obviously, we'll get our opinion on the All-Star game and things like that that are coming up. But thanks for joining us today. Definitely uh, continue to uh, look out for shows from us. Uh, subscribe and, and hope you enjoy. And as Justin said, always follow us over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Have a great day, folks.